How's everybody doing? We're keeping it rolling here on Hitting the Gap Podcast, episode four now, Jeff. Yes, sir. We are four weeks into this thing, having a blast. Are you yeah. still having fun? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I wasn't, I wouldn't drive 30 minutes out of my way once you know a week what? to come do this. Every week you're going to bring it up. I'm, I'm just saying, like, if I wasn't having fun, I wouldn't be here, right? That's like, a good point. You know, and if, if you know, I, I don't know, like, I'm right now I'm in my testing Justin mode, so I'm getting a little snippy with him on text purposes on purpose. Right, because I want to see how much crap you can take. Like, I mean, we've known each other for like four or five years now, whatever it's been. It's been a while. But I want to see how much you can take. So, like today, he says, Jeff, what time are you going to be here? And I was like, really, man? Like, I've been here at the same time. So then he got snippy, so then I pull out the receipts. Just to see how much you're willing to take. I mean. I'm testing boundaries. I'm a, I'm a pretty patient person. You are. You are. Which and, is I, and I know insane. you as a person. So... <laughs> I understand when you're pressing buttons because I like to press buttons. So I'm just like, oh, that's okay, great. Whatever. That's great. But yeah, man, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad we're in, in week four. And more importantly, I'm glad that uh, we have college football here in week four. Man, I know. And we had a, a bigger slate of games this past weekend, which was really nice to see. Some teams, I'm sure fan bases weren't happy to watch yeah. their teams play, but we'll get into that later. But we're going to, you know, lots to talk about today. We're going to talk about conference only schedules, not just for this season, but going forward into the future. There's some head coaches and prominent schools who have been lobbying for this to happen in the past. And, you know, given how things are this year, they want it to continue. Right. We're going to talk about bowl eligibility. Now there's some changes being referenced to changing the eligibility, stat- eligibility status for schools going into this bowl season. Talk about what that means and, and, you know, what we feel like it means for this entire season, not just the bowl games. Sure. And we're going to talk about last week, uh, some teams, like we were saying, didn't look so hot. Others looked really good. Others looked about how we expected. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about, you know, a segment people have been asking us to do is kind of an upset each week. So kind yes. of looking at a game that we feel has the potential to be an upset. Um, we'll talk about that later as well. Yeah. So let's get right into the conference-only scheduling. Now, Nick Saban has been a very prominent voice in wanting to, you know, get rid of cupcake games and also adding more conference games. Now, with this season happening, when it's it's strictly conference play, you know it bodes well for his argument. But do you think it's something that has merit going forward? Yeah, but here's the problem, right? Like, you're going to eliminate cupcake games, which is always funny to me coming from Nick Saban because, uh, I mean, good lord, Alabama plays cupcakes every year, and like, are you really going to change that by playing Arkansas and, or? Uh, Vanderbilt instead of Georgia State. Like, I mean, you're still going to have a cupcake. It's just going to have a different banner. But if you actually go back and you you didn't listen to episode one, go back to episode one because I talked about this on episode one where I think that you are going to see this change moving forward, that you are going to see more conferences move to the the 10 plus one model, right? Like you're going to get 10 conference games. You're going to get one out of conference because there are some – there are some – you know, state rivalry games that have to be played. You know, this year we're not getting Clemson, South Carolina, which is absolute garbage, right? But you're going to – that's going to have to come back. So even if you go to all-conference, it's going to be like 10 plus 1 or 9 plus 1 or whatever it is. Uh, but, yeah, I think it absolutely is going to pick up some steam. And and I think that if the coaches enjoy what happens this year, you'll see a lot of voices – get really loud yeah and i mean i i'm i'm split right now on whether i want it to happen going forward because you know we, we have talked about this on, on other episodes we've touched on it 
but I feel like this creates too many bubbles in college football. You know, even in the NFL, you have your divisions, you have your AFC and NFC, but you still cross over. You have to right. play other teams for common opponents for one. You right. know, you don't I don't want to see just SEC playing, just Big 10 playing, just Pac-12 playing because then you you lose that strength of conference in my opinion. You know, you, well, it's hard to But what's this going to lead to though? You tell me. <laughs> well, if you go conference only, you're going to have to change the college football playoff. Well, yeah, and I think it should be expanded. Which we've talked about before. And see, you and I will disagree on that, right? We will. Because I, I don't think that it needs to be expanded. However, if you do go to a conference-only model, you're going to have to expand it. And you're not just going to expand it a little bit. You're going to have to expand it to include all 10 Division One or, yeah. or FBS conferences, right? Like, you're going to have to include everybody if you go to a conference-only model because – those other schools, the the directional Michigan schools, the uh, <laughs> Cincinnati's, the you, you know what I mean, like the all the group of five, yeah, the group of five teams, they're going to have to make money somehow. And when you get, I mean, this year alone with with the Big Ten doing away with out of conference games, um, what do you call it? Um, with, with Ohio and and all of those, whatever that conference is. Um, they lost like $13 million this year. They're going to have to make it up. So if you go to a conference-only model, you're going to have to change the college football playoff, and you're going to have to do it much on a much bigger scale than anybody's even talking about now. Yeah, and, and you know, that's the thing. There's a lot more at stake than just mm-hmm. the Big the Big Ten or the, or the Power Five conferences and what's going to happen to them. They're going to be fine right? because they're paying out money to play these non-conference yes. games to the smaller schools. But for me, like I was saying, it creates these bubbles – you know, let's say they don't change the playoff, they don't expand the playoff, but they go to non-conference or taking away non-conference games. You know, how do you determine that the Big Ten was stronger than the SEC this year? Well, I, I don't, I don't agree with the way they do it now, right? Because it's not like you have a whole lot of 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 cross conference games. Like you have a couple big ones. But you don't have a lot. Ohio State's not playing LSU every year, right? Michigan's not playing Alabama every year. So a lot of it still comes down to the eye test and, and feel and gut of what you think. And, and unfortunately, like anything else, there's a lot of bias that's that's and it's innate where you know people have, have grown up with a certain conference or they've grown up with a certain something or they've done whatever it is. And so there's an innate bias that comes with that already. So, I, again, to me, I don't think you can have this conversation seriously unless you have a serious conversation about changing the college football playoff. Because no. you're going to have to and, – and I don't mean just like six teams, right? And I don't mean ten teams either. I think that you're going to have to do – if you're going to do this, it needs to be like a 16 to where the winner of every conference gets in and then you have six more at large and go from six, eight, four, two title, right? So, to make that an even number and – course you can do that and, and you know there are a lot of ways to still incorporate bowl games and all of that oh, and, yeah. you know there's a lot of ways to do that but to me you can't have this conversation seriously unless you're going to seriously entertain changing the college football playoff yeah and you know you've seen how stubborn the committee has been already when it comes to expanding the playoff right. as it is so you know, that's a conversation that's going to have to be had because not only are you talking about expanding the playoff that's going to cut into regular season yeah you got to talk about expanding later then you're cutting into nfl playoffs you know, and the NFL, they love having their Saturday games they do. When, when it comes to playoff rounds. They do. So, I mean, there's a lot at stake rather than just, hey, 
SEC just wants to play SEC teams. You know, and, and you know, you bring up the NFL, but I mean, look how quickly when colleges started canceling like seasons, how quick was the NFL to go? No, nope, we'll take those time slots. We'll, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll take that three thirty CBS games. You know, they were quick. They wanted in on the, on that Saturday action. No, for sure, for sure. So I mean, like I said, there's a lot, a yes. lot at stake if this is something that they do want to, you know, talk about yeah, going forward. For sure. So you know, we're talking about the playoff, talking about bowl games. You know, some things are changing when it comes to bowl eligibility. Now, it's just going to be a one-year thing, but they are recommending, the NCAA is recommending that the requirements for bowl eligibility be changed. One of them, the six-win minimum, minimum going away. Right. And I can understand that because you have teams from the Pac-12, if they actually get their season underway, they're playing seven games. You know, so you've got to go six and you know six and one or seven and zero oh to even be bowl eligible. So I, I understand it, but at the same time, to me, you know, I feel like they're making a lot of exceptions to allow teams to get into bowl games because they have I think forty one bowl games mm-hmm. still on slate to play. They got to fill them. Yeah, and it's all about money, and so it, it kind of makes really? me wonder. College athletics <laughs> is all about money. No, no, <laughs> but it, it makes me wonder. You know, if if they can have these teams traveling around the U.S. to meet up and play cross conference games in a bowl, you know, where's player safety involved there? Because they couldn't do it during the regular season. No, and, and well, it, you know, you couldn't, you can't play the Clemson South Carolina game because well, safety's involved. But you know, South Carolina can travel all the way to Texas to to Texas A and M, and Alabama can go all the way down to Gainesville and. You know, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of safety that's involved in making sure that, yeah, it's all crock and crap. Yeah, and, and I don't, I'm not saying that I don't think these, you know, the Bulls and, and the NCAA aren't going to try to take precautions to keep these players safe. Said they will. But if they can do it for these games, why couldn't they do it during the season? Well, but then, you know, I would also look at it this way is, you know, if a kid contracts, you know, the COVID virus, in Baton Rouge or at the Biloxi Blow Me Bowl, right? Like, they get it, and then there's no game the next week, so you have a little bit more time on your hands. Whereas if you get it during the regular season, you're out three weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, you know, I I don't know. Look, man, I, I've said this many, many times. I think there should be 100 bowl games. I think everybody should be bowl eligible. Line them up, play, let's go. I mean, to me, it's just it's more college football. And, and, and for me, the more the better. Like, I just don't. I don't care about it being a reward. I don't care that you have to have, because honestly, what the, what the hell is the difference between a two win team and a six win team? Like that four games, excuse me. And we talked about it last week on episode three. North Carolina last year went what like eight and four, nine and three, or whatever in in Mac Brown's first year. Their record could have been completely different because most of their losses all happened within. I think all but one of their losses, so three of their four losses, I believe, were like one score games. So is North Carolina if they lose those games and North Carolina instead of nine and three is sitting at two and ten, are they a different club? No. Like they're they're not a different team. They just got the, the crap end of the stick when it comes to some of these games. And and you know, I just for me, there's no difference, man. I don't care if you're if you're 0-12, go play a damn bowl game. It it sounds, Jeff, like this is this is a uh... Out of character for you, it this, is. This man, sounds very really participation passionate. trophy uh, mentality, but it's not. 
Right, because if you've been to if you've been through college football, you've been to I know you go through any of that stuff. You see the hell that these guys go through. Mm-hmm. This isn't a t ball where everybody shows up for one day a week. You know where mom and dad are screaming their 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 butts off, and, and you know somebody hits a, a ground ball to, to third base, and kids run all around the bases sixteen times. Like that's not what college football is, right? Like you can think of it as a participation trophy, and that's fine. But when you go through the grind that these guys go through every single week, and it's not just for for the months of college, it's not just for the four months of college football. You're, this is a year round thing for them. So to me, what what's the difference in an extra couple weeks of practice for these guys to be able to go to a different city and be able to get some bowl gear, whether it's a polo and a ring or a hat or like whatever it is? It's a you know what we appreciate the hard work that you're putting in. Go have a little bit of fun. Now, on the flip side of that, though, because I don't disagree. I was just trying to – I was busting yeah, I your balls. That's um, what you do. <laughs> my, my thing is, you know, I understand that point of view, but then you also have the flip side where, you know, recently, the last few seasons, more and more players are opting out of bowls because they don't want to get injured for that last game that to them, you know, means nothing. It's just a, you know, it's a bragging rights type of game. So, you know, when you have more people with, – with more players opting out, do you, do the majority of college athletes feel that way about bowl games? Still, do they th- do they take it as like, oh yeah, I love I'm going down to Orlando to play in the Magic, you know, Orlando Magic Bowl or whatever? Like, is that something that you think they still appreciate? I can count on two hands the number of people who have skipped bowl games in the last two years. There's not many, right? So when you look at, and we're not just talking about seniors. There's a lot more people on these teams than than the elite guys, and that's what you see. Is you see elite guys hanging out of bowl games because they weren't able to get to the college football playoff. When you go to the Biloxi Uncle Ben Rice's bowl game, right? Like nobody's, you know, nobody for Louisiana or La Tech and Eastern Michigan are dropping out of that bowl game because it's their last chance to go play college football. So, yes, some of your elite guys aren't going to play in the poinsettia.com, you know, fake roses, you know, thorn bowl parade game. But – uh, by and large, most guys aren't dropping out. And again, we've had what five or six, maybe in the last two years, drop out of a bowl game. You know, I, I think Christian McCaffrey did it. I think one, you know, he did it his last year. Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette did it. Uh, I, I mean, Jabril Peppers did it for Michigan. Did he really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he said it was injury, but it was. They're just they're just haven't been. It hasn't been a mass exodus. By and large, most guys. You know, I mean, look, Jake Butt. You know, you know, he had the option instead. He obviously it didn't work out for him. Yeah. Um, but he still wanted one more ride with his guys, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so I think you're gonna like guys still want that because I think people are guys are still wising up to the fact that the NFL is not guaranteed, and and even if you're you know considered to be. You know, hell, if you're not a, a locked first round pick, you have no idea what the hell is going to happen. Yeah. You know, we've seen many times guys even that were so guaranteed first round draft picks all of a sudden drop to the second, middle of the second, which still, you're still getting a nice payday. Don't get me For wrong. Sure. Uh, but there's just too many things that can happen. And, and you opt out of that game and then never get to play a game again. Oh. Yeah. And, you know, a, a lot of these players who are, you know, second tier type of players for the team. The bowl game can be used as another yeah. scouting, a, a way to be scouted, and you know, then you get the guys playing in the senior bowl. Yep. You know, so I mean, I, I get it, I understand. You know, and as a fan, I love watching more football. You mm-hmm. know, I love having football, college football, well into into January. It's it's beautiful. Like I may not go make my my you know my sixty dollar queso, 
for for the Biloxi <laughs> Bowl. But you know what? I'm still going to make sure that I'm still watching it. You know what I mean? Like, I just may not go all out. Exactly. So there were some some big games slated last week. Yeah, man. Uh, some teams we were watching didn't quite turn out to be like a lot of fans are expecting. The biggest surprise for a lot of people, unless you pay attention to college football, was LSU and Mississippi State. Mississippi State, first off, I love Mike Leach. I've loved Mike Leach when he was, when he was at Texas Tech, all the way to Washington State, yep. now to Mississippi State. I think he's a great fit for Mississippi State. Yep. That court, I mean, KJ Costello looked <laughs> phenomenal. 600 yards passing yeah, against the defending national champion. But he had like 100 attempts, dude. Like, Oh, he threw the ball. Like, he was talking in the post game about how this time last year he couldn't even throw a football. And his first game back at Mississippi State throws for 600 yards. And halfway through the third quarter of that game, he had like 44 attempts already. Like, yeah. It, he was, I think they ran the ball 12 times. Yeah, it <laughs> like, was. <laughs> Leach. <sighs> I do. I, I enjoy Mike wow. Leach. Um, but I guess the you know we can talk about Mississippi State and what they looked like. I think they look good. We can talk later about if we think it's sustained. But I think the biggest you know question mark for everybody is is LSU going to win more than four games this year? So look, I, I I said this all along, and and people got really upset when I made this statement about a month ago. LSU to me is a seven to eight win team, uh, and that's even with the the adjusted 10, 11 game schedule, whatever the SEC is playing. Right, like they aren't. There's a difference between being a one-hit wonder and being a Hall of Famer, right? And 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 good for Coach O. I I get it. Everybody likes him. Go Tigers! Like I get it. Everybody likes that guy, right? And it's fine. Uh, and, and look, he's had a long journey, and cool, he won a national title. But there's a difference between having a one-off national title like Ohio State did in 2015, and having the 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 success that the Alabamas are having, that the Clemsons are having, the the sustained. Not only did we win a national title, but we followed it up by getting back to the college football playoff or back to the national title game. Um, you, you know, LSU, like, dude, they're going to be bowl eligible because everybody's going to be bowl yeah. eligible. Now, I, you know. I kind of knew this was in the cards for LSU this year. Not because I don't think they're good. I do like Coach O as well. But you lost almost every contributing factor to your offense last season. You lost Joe Burrow. You lost Hilaire. You lost Justin Jefferson. You lost their returning right receiver because he opted out of the season. You lost almost every piece of the offense that contributed last Mm -hmm. season. And you had to replace them all. And you can't – I mean, LSU has always struggled with the quarterback play. Always. They've had great running backs – They've had some amazing mm-hmm. running backs come out of there. But when it comes to quarterback play, have struggled. I mean, the last one that I can think of that before, you know, Burrow was Mettenberg. And he didn't turn out to be anything in the NFL. A few times, you know, a few years as a backup, but that was it. So the fact that they finally had a quarterback last year is what put them over the hump. But to me, now they're back to where they were. You, you know, and that's what's dumbfounding to me, though. Not just LSU, the SEC as a whole. Like, how are you that good? And your quarter quarterback play has been worse than most group of five, like, divisions. Like, I mean, Josh Allen, like, I mean, he, and he's having a hell of a year, by the way, already up on, oh, yeah. with, with the big boys. But Josh Allen coming out, out of college, you know, three years ago was better than anybody the SEC had. Yep. Uh, and, and it wasn't. It wasn't. It, not even debatable to this day. Like even if you want to play hindsight, it's not debatable now, and it wasn't debatable then. Quarterback play, and more importantly, quarterback development mm-hmm. in the SEC has been trash. Uh, and, and that's why, to me, you know, you look at last year. 
Dude, everything had to go right for LSU last year. And and to me, not only did they lose Burrow, who, you know, sorry, but as a 25-year-old, finally came out of nowhere, you know, after nine years <laughs> yeah. in college. But more importantly, losing Joe Brady, the exactly. young guy who understood football in a different way than anybody they have on that staff. When you lost him for $2 million to the Charlotte Panthers or the Carolina Panthers, like that to me was the bigger blow because that was a guy who was able to bridge the gap between the youth and the experience of that LSU coaching staff, right? Because the, uh, the actual offensive coordinator at LSU is like 70 years old. Yeah. There's no way he relates to a 20-year-old kid. Brady was that perfect gap who could take what he wanted to do as an offense and what they were good at, and he was able to mesh those things together. When you lost that guy, you knew anybody with a brain had to know that things were going to go downhill very, very quickly. Yeah, and you know, to go back on development of, of quarterback play in the SEC, you know, Alabama has been dominant for what, 15 years now. I mean, just completely dominating teams, but. I, you can't name a single quarterback that's actually made a name for themselves in the NFL. Now, you can look at receivers. You know, Alabama has Calvin jo- Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Henry Ruggs. I mean, all these guys, Amari Cooper, mm-hmm. all these elite receivers in the mm-hmm. NFL. They got elite running backs in the NFL. But a quarterback, they, they, like, no SEC team develops their quarterbacks to be productive in the NFL. And I think that's, you know, that says a lot, right, to me about, you know, where that where that league where that conference stands, and the best quarterback you've had in a decade, people are already talking about how he's a bust because he can't beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, like let that sink in. Like this dude, he can't beat out a 15 year NFL journeyman, and that was the best dude you've ever had. Like I, I mean, it's just, and I think anybody who watched and and you can go back and check my Twitter at Jben Sports, right? I I never bought into two. I didn't buy into Jalen. I didn't buy into any of these guys. Mm-hmm. They weren't very good. They were they're athletes. Yes, they're not I, quarterbacks. They're correct. Athletes. And there's a difference, um, you know. And and I won't go off on the NFL topic because I could talk about that all yeah. day as far as quarterback <laughs> development and all the other stuff. But when you look at a lot of these elite uh, college quarterbacks. They're elite because their athleticism is elite. Lamar Jackson at Louisville was elite because, you know, he was – and I get it. He's had a really good NFL start to his mm-hmm. NFL career. But, again, he's also found a coach who was willing to tailor his offense. Yep. And, you know, when you look in college, man, it's just – it's crazy to me, you know, kind of going back to what we talked about with the SEC – all of this talent, you know, LSU, those dudes had o- Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry on the on same, same damn team. team. Same team. And, and they couldn't, couldn't throw somebody, for a cheeseburger. Couldn't get somebody throwing the ball. No. Like, what the hell? Like, how do you have those dudes? And let's not pretend like all of a sudden they were like a, a Russell Gage, right, who they also had, you know, who couldn't catch a cold in Baton Rouge. And all of a sudden now he looks like the best third down or third option receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. You have these dudes at LSU. They couldn't catch colds. Like it's it's just it's but you know they can knock your head off on defense yeah and it's just it's it's just mind blowing to me that you've got uh, that type of but like again I feel like I'm bouncing around everywhere right but you go back and but that's the difference though between sustaining success and being a one hit wonder right now LSU looks like Millie Vanilli well you know it, to me it's interesting when you look at the big picture of college football a lot of times teams that don't even finish with a winning record are the ones putting quarterbacks in the NFL I mean yeah. Mitch Trubisky we can talk about him busting but still North Carolina NFL you know um, Daniel Jones 
from Duke. Yeah. Starting in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, Carson Wentz. He was North Dakota. He was a, he went to North Dakota State NFL. Yep. Uh, Josh Allen, Wyoming. Yep. NFL. You know, SEC. They're putting. You know, they're getting a, a six. You know, undrafted free agent quarterback in the NFL, but they're not getting the starters. And Jake Fromm. He's not gonna. He's never gonna start in Buffalo. No. He's never. He's, <laughs> no. I doubt he even gets traded to have a starting job. Like yeah. he's gonna be a journeyman backup. Like Chase, like Chase Daniels, what has been for you know a decade, a decade, and made a lot of really good money. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good money to be made. Yeah, but when it comes to being a superstar, you know, everybody touts the SEC for the talent, and they do have. Yeah, they got some a decent talent, ton of talent, and these quarterbacks that play some in the decent. SEC are really great college quarterbacks. But for some reason, there's something about it that does not translate to the next level. To me, the most baffling aspect of that, though, is the fact that these guys were elite high school guys. Yeah. Right, so it's not like you you went out and you you recruited some two star guy, and and got the best out of him. You're taking four or five star guys and you're turning them into shit. Like I, I don't I, you know I'm trying to cur- curse less this week, right? <laughs> it's all good. Uh, but like you are turning them in into lumps of crap. Like you get these high level elite high school guys, and by the time they leave your schools three or four years later, you're like, what the hell happened to that kid? Like. Whatever happened to, and you can answer a lot of different names. Uh, it, it's just, it's absolutely crazy to me that you've seen this happen over and over and over again. And yeah, to, you know, yes, the SEC has had a lot of talent. They've also had a lot of busts. They've had a ton of busts. I mean, you look at look at the situation that UGA is in right now. You know, Jake Fromm, which me and you have been very adamant that he is not an elite quarterback. Trash. wasn't wasn't at UGA. No, no. shouldn't have shouldn't have taken nope. Justin. Um, I'm not J- Jacob. Uh, Jacob Easton's Easton, job. Correct. Easton should have yep. kept that job. Yep. But you look at where they are now. Like, yeah, you know, Jake Fromm did what he was supposed to do. Got yeah. him where they needed to be because he was a game manager. But now they had to move to their technically their fourth string quarterback mm-hmm. this past weekend to beat Arkansas. Yep. Like what? Like that alone just speaks volumes about the quarterback situation in the SEC. You know, and 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 I hate to do this because I'm sure I will turn a lot of people off, but that's I keep comparing it to our situation at Clemson. You will never, never mark my words as long as Dabo Sweeney is head coach at Clemson. You will never see them go get a quarterback off of the transfer portal. No, you just won't do it. Um, they've taken one transfer quarterback one time. There's a kid from Stanford. I forgot his name. He was a graduate student. He wanted to get into coaching. He had one more year of eligibility, so he said, "Hey, you know, I want to get into coaching. Can I come play?" I, I, I don't. I, I think he walked on, um, but it was just it was his last year. Not a big deal. Uh, but you will never see Coach Sweeney go get somebody because he de- de- believes in developing. Yeah. Right. And and you look at the quarterbacks they've had. You're talking about Deshaun Watson. Uh, and even when you had to go to a kid like like Kelly Bryant, who would never earn a Clemson scholarship today. You were still good enough to get him to a point where he was able to go, you know, twelve and one, and then you have Trevor Lawrence, right? And then now all of a sudden you got G- DJ uh, Ungalale who's waiting in the wings. Like these guys are coming in, and they're not just big names. And of course, they were all five star guys, but they're getting development, and that's why Trevor Lawrence is the best player in college football. And to me, even after you know he's played what basically three quarters, he looks so different this year than he did this time last year when he threw seven interceptions to start the year. Like his his long balls aren't missing. It, like things that he's not completed six passes. All of them were drops. Yeah. All of them hit guys in hands. Right. Development matters, 
and Georgia, like I, I'm, I'm really tired of Georgia fans. Right? <laughs> you wanted me to do this segment every week where I get pissed okay. off. All right, we're going for it to Jeff Rent. <sighs> Let's do it, Jeff Rent. I need Georgia fans to shut the hell up about Kirby Smart. I am done. Like this dude is in year five of of whatever he's doing in Athens. He's had five straight top three recruiting classes. Five straight. There is talent on talent on talent in Athens. You're going to tell me you can't go get a fucking quarterback and develop them? That you had to hit the transfer portal up not once, but twice, and still had to go get a four-string guy. A four-string walk-on guy. Like, that, that is absolutely absurd to me. But every year, Georgia fans want to take to Twitter, and they want to talk about, oh, yeah, if Kirby Smart can't develop, then how come this guy was turned into the Thorpe Award winner? Great. 600 dudes, he got into one. Like, like, miss me with this nonsense. Like, everybody that has gone to the league from UGA the last several years was recruited by Mark Richt. Like, this dude has not done anything as far as development, but then y'all want to sit here and tell us about how you're going to win a national title. Man, go join South Carolina and go win one in, a crest, in, in equestrian or bass fishing, which aren't NCAA sports. Like, it's just, or, you know, it's Athens, right? Go spit dip. Go set the world record for the longest dip spit. I, I don't I don't know, man. Like, it's just, it's frustrating because, you know what? Dog Nation on Twitter the first half of Saturday was quiet. You didn't hear shit from them. And then all of a sudden, here comes Stetson Bennett, Mr. White Privilege, comes in at quarterback, right? And he leads them to, a, a what was that, a four-touchdown, like, second half or whatever insane it was. And... All of a sudden, now you can't tell them anything anymore. Like, you can't tell them anything. Oh, man. I had to sit <sighs> back for that one. That was amazing. Man. Round, round of applause for thank that. Thank you. That's, thank that's you. Good. I digress. That's good. No. And to piggyback off your points <laughs> for, on UGA, not only are they not developing kids, you lost two top prospects in the transfer portal. Yeah. You lost Jacob Eason, who was phenomenal. And I think, hopefully – you know, this is my hot take. When Philip Rivers retires, I think they're going to develop yes. him into be the replacement yes. in in uh, Indianapolis. Then you have Justin Fields, who was a top prospect, who left because you didn't want him starting over Jake Fromm. And now he's at Ohio State, going to be a top draft pick probably at the end of the season. Well, was it 40 touchdowns last year and three interceptions? Yeah. Like, and two of them were in the game against Clemson? Like, come on, man. So, I mean, you know, that – it's just it's frustrating if you're a, if you're a Georgia fan because like I said I mean and a lot of Georgia fans they stand behind Jake Fromm they love what he did I get it he took you to a national championship but did he really because you had Dondre Swift and Nick Chubb on the same team did he really Sony take Michelle, you anywhere like, and Sony Michelle yeah like those guys ran you to a yes, national title exactly so I mean you can you can talk about Jake Fromm all you want but when you have running backs that have just been coming out this this is the first year that I can think of since Noshawn Marino that I didn't know the Georgia's running back when the season started. Yeah, because you know, going into this, we all heard that that Zeus was going to be the guy that 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 White was going to be the guy, and then I, I'm watching this game. I'm like, okay, he got the, like the first two carries of the game, but where the hell has this guy been? Instead, it was uh, Dalvin Cook's little brother yeah. who was back there getting the ball for him. I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, it's just yeah, man. Like, I, I don't know. Miss me with all the nonsense. And look, I'm not trying to crap on Georgia people. No, but like, stop with the like. They really do think. And I can't say they because it's putting them all in one in one glass house, and I shouldn't do that. But there are Kirby, a lot of fan bases and teams that are in this category. Yes, there are. There absolutely are. Uh, we just happen to live in Atlanta <laughs> exactly. uh, or Metro Atlanta area. So the Georgia fans I interact with think Kirby Smart can't be touched. 
Like, what has that dude done for you lately? Like, what great, he wins 10 games a year. Congratulations, you win a bowl game every other year. But what else has he done? Well, on the flip side of that, you know, Mark Rick did the same thing. Yeah. And they wanted him gone every year. You, you, you know, and they always want to, like, compare him to Mark Rick. Look, if Mark Rick played in today's, in this, if the college football playoff was around 20 years ago when Mark Rick was hired at UGA, they would have played for several national titles because there were quite a few years where they finished three, four, five, and they would have gotten in, and they were good enough to go in and win several of those things. So, like, miss me with the whole he didn't win a national title thing because if he was playing with the same deck of cards that Kirby Smart is playing with, they would have played for multiple and probably won one or two of them. Agreed. And, you know, hey, we're going to stay on the Georgia train for just a second longer here. Choo-choo! Because they are the big game this week. They're playing Auburn. Oh, yeah. And so we're, we're, let's talk about this coming up week's games, and we'll start with that one. It is a top matchup. You've got number four, Georgia, versus number seven, Auburn. It's your game day game. It, it, hey, listen, <laughs> we, we can talk about that. But anyway, we're not, we're not getting into that. I still think that it should have been an SEC team instead of Miami thumping Florida State. You're going to be mad when Miami's on for the third time in four weeks next week? Who have they got next week? Clemson. It's a 7.30 ABC game. Dude, if, if, if Miami is covered by game day for three of the first four weeks, But they're in insane. Clemson. They're in Clemson. I get it. Clemson's, I, I mean, you're I'm, talking. I'm fine with Clemson being covered. And you're it, talking it, about a top ten matchup at that point. If it's the best game it slated, is. then yes, I'm fine with it. That was my problem, is that it, is Miami-Florida State was not the best game slated. And coming off of the, the SEC starting their season, we digress. Georgia-Auburn this Saturday. <laughs> After watching Georgia struggle against Arkansas in the first half, and we can talk about Bennett coming in and, you know, and even Kirby Smart saying that he hasn't made a decision on who's going to be the starting quarterback. You know, he's saying that, that you know, he doesn't know and he's going to leave it up in the air. And the, 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 but he does expect JT Daniels to be cleared, by the way. Oh, he does? Yes. Okay, so then that could throw a ring in everything. Yep. So do you think Georgia comes out and can they beat Auburn? I think Bo Nix looked pretty good this past week. I mean, I understand they didn't – they played a Kentucky team who most people don't think is – a top team and I don't either but do you think Georgia has a chance of winning this does Georgia have a chance of winning this yes um if they can't score no like uh, if 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 this team if they play like they did in the first half against Arkansas this week against Auburn they'll be down 28 nothing right it just it won't be you know and look I'm not a fan of Chad Morris I'm not a fan of of Steele the the, the defensive coordinator uh, at, at Auburn, I'm not a fan of those guys. It's, it's you know Clemson's sloppy seconds, um, but they can coach a little bit of football. And, and if Georgia doesn't come out ready to roll, they're going to get rolled. Uh, of course, they have a chance to win. They'll be at home. They'll have eighty thousand screaming fans there. I'm kidding. They won't. They'll have like nineteen. Uh, but none of it. You know, you'll still be at home. You'll still have an opportunity to win the game. I'm not completely sold on Auburn. Bo Nix to me, yeah, he looked fine week one. Uh, I know a lot of people love him. He looked like he put on some weight, which is good. Uh, but he's got to become a much better passer. Uh, and this is still year one for him in a different type of offense. Uh, and, and I know it's not much different. Chad Morris learned a lot of what he what he does um, from Gus Malzahn over their years in, in the Texas-Arkansas area coaching football together uh, or against each other in clinics and all that stuff. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to put George on, on, techni- on upset alert. Um, but, uh, you know, right now, you know, sitting here on a Monday, I would go 50-50 right now. I agree. I mean, it's a matchup that both teams are, yeah. pretty, are pretty even if you on paper. Yes. So it's not much of a an upset. It's just the better team is going to sure. win. Sure, sure. But upset-wise, for me, 
I'm putting Texas on upset alert. I mean, after last week's game against Texas Tech, where you had to win 60, they put 60 points on the board to win that game. They're playing TCU this week. I don't think TCU is a great team. And, you know, I just think Texas, they're not as good as, you know, as advertised. Hell, the Big 12 in general right. isn't as good as advertised. I mean, you're looking at it at this point, you know, if Texas slips up, which they're going to, I, I doubt they beat Oklahoma in a few weeks. You're looking at Oklahoma State and the mullet being the best right. team in the Big 12. So I'm going to go, I'm going to say Texas TCU is my upset alert this week. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say Missouri could could uh, upset Tennessee. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I was looking at that Missouri-Tennessee game. I agree with you on that one. I, I'm just, I'm not sold on anything Tennessee. No. Um, I'm, I, there's just, I don't like Pruitt. I don't trust Pruitt. Uh, and he just got an extension. Which is absolutely insane. Um, I, I got a couple, I've got a couple games that I'm going to put on upset alert. One is going to be Jacksonville State, Florida State. Ooh, okay. So FCS like like over an FBS team, you know, Jacksonville State got has Zarek Cooper, uh, four-star kid here from the state of Georgia, went to Jonesboro High School, uh, covered him a lot because he was also a high school basketball player. Um, he went to high school with a kid named MJ Walker, who was a five-star, who ended up at Florida State playing basketball. Um, I just, you know, he started out at Clemson. Uh, he was in that quarterback room that had Deshaun Watson, Hunter, um, uh, Hunter Johnson, uh, himself, uh, they were Kelly Bryant, like they were loaded. He transferred to Jacksonville State, uh, and with his first touchdown pass Saturday, will set the school record for career touchdown passes uh, with 61. So he's gone down to Jacksonville State, and he's absolutely uh, done what you would expect a guy, a four, former four-star guy, to do. Uh, Florida State is absolute trash. Uh, it's it's bad. Just, they're they're terrible, dude. Uh, and it's crazy because you look at their signing classes, they've got talent there, at least according to all of the major – and I'm not a big recruiting guy. Like, I pay attention to it because I write about it over yeah. uh, over Rubbing the Rock. Uh, but according to all the metrics, they've got a lot of talent there, and they are just freaking terrible. So I'm going to go Jacksonville State, Florida State on my upset alert, but I'm also – Going to put not to be a jerk, right? I'm not doing this to be a jerk. <laughs> okay. Uh, even though the people have a tendency to think that about me, uh, I'm going to put LSU on upset alert as they got to go to Vanderbilt. Yeah, I mean, I mean Vanderbilt's <laughs> used to playing in front of nobody. LSU's not, uh, and, and so you know, other than the people that'll be looking at their ho- hotel rooms from the Holiday Inn Express that's attached to the Vanderbilt, you know, football stadium, nobody's going to be watching this game. Uh, and and you're coming off of of a game that that you got tested more than you thought you were going to. Uh, and then you got to go into an environment with absolutely nobody. And you got to try to generate, because at least this last week they had somebody in, in the crowd, right? There was somebody yeah. there. You're not going to have that this week. Uh, and, and so I, I just, yeah, it's going to be really hard for them. It wouldn't surprise me if they lose that game. I don't think they lose for two reasons. I don't think they do, but. Eh. Yeah, but two reasons why. One, they're humbled. I think after losing the way they lost, Fair. coming off a national championship, I think it humbled them a little bit. And two, after coming off a loss like that, no matter who you are, I feel like you got a little bit more fire in you. You would hope so. You should, and that's why I'm saying that. You know, I expect them to win, but it wouldn't. It would not shock me. Sure. If they come out and and lost that game, so that's gonna do it for today's episode of Hitting the Gap podcast. I enjoyed it. Yeah, man. Good, t- good conversation. Good. Always. And your rant was phenomenal. Thank you. I appreciate I need, I'm that. Gonna, I need to get a buddy of mine. Um, who work who does audio to cut me like an intro to a Jeff rant. So I can just I can I can hit the button and the second you start going on I can just I can play it and we have you just ran away. We'll get it figured out.
And like I said, we'll get it figured we, out. We mentioned this last week. This is a work in progress. You know, we want to bring you content because it's the season that started. We've been working on this for a few months, but you know, COVID nineteen and everything else, your know, work schedules, it's been tough. But you know, we got a lot more. We got a lot more coming for you. We eventually want to get this into video form. Yes. I'm, you know, I'm getting the room we're recording in set up differently. We need to get merch. Merch. Like, I'm saying, like, we need to, like, yeah. blow this thing up. Exactly. But like I said, we, we wanted to make sure that we get the content out yes. to you first. That's the most important thing. Because we are in football season. This is a college football podcast. We can't just sit on our butts during the season and, and twiddle our thumbs waiting yes. to get things rolling. You know, we can get you the content, let you get addicted to it, and then we can bring you the stuff that you know that you want as well yeah and shout out to everybody in the midwest man i don't know what it is like people hitting me up and hitting us up in like illinois and, Dude, and other places like, what a small world yeah. a guy commented i have to I'm, I'm sorry i don't have my twitter pulled up at the moment uh he lives in Prophetstown, illinois and i lived in davenport iowa but i worked in rock island illinois which okay. is it's the quad cities right there on the border of illinois iowa and Prophetstown was my old market or my old station's oh, gotcha. DMA. So like he knew the station I worked at and stuff like that. So really small world that this guy, you know, listens to us and, and gave us feedback and you know, he's living where I moved from to come back home. Yeah. It's very, very uh, very small world. But yeah, shout out to all of you. We appreciate you. Make sure you tell a friend. If you like it, tell a friend, get on Twitter, tell us. You can at, at hitting T Gap. Uh you can get him at, at J Ransom TV. There you go. And you can follow myself as well at J Ben Sports. Uh, but yeah, man, I look forward to getting the videos, the TikToks. Like we're gonna do it all. Yeah, we're we're, we're going all out with it. But yeah, so you know, give us some feedback, give us some some topics that you want to hear about. I mean, each week, I know games are being played, things are happening. Like something happens, you're like, man, hey, I want to hear their their take on that. Let us know on Twitter. We're we're pretty we engage pretty pretty regularly. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, hit us up, and we'll see y'all next week here on Hitting the Gap.